Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to AIDS Map Chat, the podcast. Um, my name's Susan Cole. And I'm Matthew Hodson. And uh, this is our new weekly series over... Um, over the next few weeks, we'll be chatting with people from around the world about issues affecting people living with HIV and also all the latest in terms of how the COVID uh, crisis is affecting everyone. And today we've got three very special guests. We've got Dr. Meg Doherty, who is the head of HIV at the World Health Organization. We have my friend Mark S. King, who is a HIV activist and a blogger. His blog's called My Fabulous Disease and his Twitter's My Fab Disease. He's also a bit of a lip sync champion. Um, and we will also be talking to Lestwana Griffiths, who is an HIV activist in London, who is also um, training as a nurse. Mm, fantastic. So, Matthew, are you going to be doing any lip syncing in the show today? Do you think? Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I have thought about it long and hard, and um, you know, kind of, I've narrowed it down to about three songs, but I think I might save it for <laughs> next week's show, actually. Okay, fantastic. Um, I, well, mainly because I've seen Mark's lip sync, and if it was, you know, if, we, if we had to lip sync for our lives, I mean, he would have me wipe me out. So, I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to put myself forward for that. And I think he actually does better gym selfies as well, if I'm allowed to say. He does also do the gym <laughs> selfies. Now, now I, I think he wipes the floor with me in terms of the lip sync challenge, but um, yeah. I don't know. I think I may have the edge of him with the gym yeah, selfies. I yeah. don't know. It's, 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 oh, you're laughing at me. I can tell. I can tell when you're laughing at me, <laughs> yeah. even, even when you're miles away. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but no, I mean, the, the, the exercise I do, and I do share it a lot, and I know people tease me about it because I'm an old man. It's disgusting to see my naked body. But um, <laughs> uh, but for me, it is actually a part of what I'm doing to, to cope with this current period of isolation. And I know that mm -hmm. if I keep myself physically fit, then that it kind of you know, releases endorphins and kind of makes me cheerful. Um, and, you know, it is one of the reasons why exercise is like really important, particularly for people living with HIV, because it does actually support you on all those things, which well, on a lot of those conditions, which are more often felt by people living with HIV, including depression and anxiety. And to be honest, I think we're all feeling a little bit of anxiety right now. If you're not feeling anxious right now, then you're really not paying attention. Um, so, <laughs> which I think kind of is a good segue um, to our first guest, um, Dr. Meg Doherty, who is the head of HIV Health Organization. This wonderful new technology. Meg, how wonderful to see you. How are you today? Oh, modern technology. Thank you for having me on and very nice to see you as well. Oh, brilliant. Wonderful. It's wonderful to see and hear you. So that's fantastic. Thank you. Um, so, 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 Meg, can you tell us what, what I mean, you, you've been looking obviously quite closely at the data that we've been getting in from from China and Italy as like one of the, two of the countries that kind of uh, succumbed to this uh, to Corona, sorry, to COVID-19 earlier. And what, what does this data tell us about how COVID-19 affects people living with HIV? Yeah, thank you very much. It's a really important question. And I think it's a question that we all wish we had more data on right now. And um, we're all waiting for more information to come our way. But from the China 
um, outbreak, they followed not only to, uh, a, co a cohort, a very small cohort of persons who were hospitalized with HIV and were waiting for that data to be officially released. And uh, it was only a handful, 20 or so um, persons living with HIV. And then also another case report of somebody living with HIV out of China as well. All through all of those data points that have come out have shown that people living with HIV did fairly well um, and that potentially use of antiretrovirals could have some benefit. But then it was confused by then the, the New England Journal trial that came out and showed that um, using lopinavir ritonavir, one of our antiretrovirals for HIV among people with COVID, uh, none of them co-infected with HIV that we know, that that didn't prove to be better than doing the standard of care. So we're still in a bit of a confusing mm. uh, time with not having enough information about people who both have COVID and HIV. Is HIV gonna be an increased risk for uh, COVID infection or will a person who's infected with HIV have a more serious course? What we, and I, Italy has not yet reported on any co-infections and I just spoke with some colleagues who are working with me who are deployed to for WHO in Italy and they're really not seeing this being reported out with major numbers. However, anecdotally, we are hearing very small numbers um, of people who are co-infected with HIV and COVID coming from South Africa, coming from uh, the United States, coming from Spain. These are not yet in the, the peer-reviewed literature, so it's very difficult to say what this means. But in general, uh, the sense is mild to moderate disease. But the, the, the growing wisdom about many of us is that if somebody is not yet um, on antiretrovirals, not yet very well suppressed, has a low, uh, a low CD4, a high viral load, has opportunistic infections, et cetera, that we should make sure that they, they take extra, extra time making sure that uh, uh, they're doing what their government says, staying indoors, not congregating with others, excellent hand hygiene, and uh, it's a great opportunity to ensure that people who are off medicines get back onto their antiretrovirals, mm. take that opportunity to make sure that we're testing people who are, are concerned about being exposed to HIV or, or at risk for HIV. This is our opportunity to do both, you know, prepare for both COVID, but ensure that there's good HIV services and uh, continuing services that are happening. So, I mean, I, I would have thought that that's one of the kind of big concerns, isn't it? That um, actually, it's not just the the people. There's not just the impact of uh, COVID directly on people living with HIV, but it's also about the strain it's going to put on healthcare systems, which may actually then lead to further problems down the line for people with HIV, as well as any as well as other medical conditions. Yeah, I believe that that's actually true, and as as. Um, this is one of the major concerns for places uh, that uh, have a high burden of HIV, such as in sub-Saharan Africa or in some of these very high burden countries in low middle income settings. And even in the United States, you know, where there's health disparities and where COVID is hitting the inner cities as well. Absolutely, that if a lot of the emphasis that the healthcare workers need to then spend more time for COVID, that there could be disruptions of, 
of uh, care and continuity of care. I think for HIV there, at least in many of the programs um, that have been uh, working now in uh, low and middle income countries, they're very used to giving what we call multi-month dispensing, dispensing or prescriptions for three to six months so people can take that medicine home with them when they are um, asked to stay at home for, for quarantine for a certain period of time. And I think there's also a really great dynamic where HIV work has been built on peer networks, community networks, communication that through, you know, through uh, WhatsApp and, and all sorts of social media that are being exploited and used so well during COVID that there can be a lot of uh, lessons learned from the HIV community. And also right now we know um, in our programs in uh, Africa that many of the HIV focused personnel are also working on COVID, but they should also be keeping in their mind that they have to make sure those programs don't stop and that we don't have a, an interruption in care. Okay, wonderful. And, and one last final question. What would your advice be to people living with HIV um, moving forward? My advice would be do as your government is asking you. If, if you're on home quarantine or home isolation, please do that. Uh, take care of yourself. Take your medicines as your doctor or your healthcare uh, provider has has indicated for you. Think of others, make sure that you don't get, it's not social distancing that we want. We want physical distancing with social engagement. And I think that's really important. And I, and I might end by saying, um, you know, the, the comments from our director general at WHO, it's about solidarity, it's about working with others and you know, people living with HIV have have been that solidarity activist group for for so many years. So be involved, be engaged, and uh, I think work with across governments, across politics, to to actually see if we can solve problems. Um, because I think the HIV community has done it so well in the past, and I and I think they can continue to do it during this time of COVID, and we can learn from that. Thank you. Thank you, Meg. Thank you, Meg, Wonderful. so much. And I think that's it's so important that we do keep socially connected. So thank you very much for drawing that distinction between physical distancing, but keeping socially connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great to talk to you. Wonderful. Thank you, thank you Meg. So um, the next guest we've got coming up is uh, Marques King. He's uh, coming to us from Baltimore. Um, <laughs> here he comes. Ha -ha. Hey. Hello. Oh, there, we're having a bit of a technical hitch, but unfortunately, Mark, we can't hear you. <laughs> uh, Should we bring on the swana and come back to Mark? Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone appreciates this is not the usual video. <laughs> but the joys of modern technology. Hi, Niswana. Hello, can hey. you hear me? Yes, <laughs> we can hear you. <laughs> Wonderful to have you on. So, Niswana, what are you missing most in the London lockdown? I mean, for me, as a Croydon girl, it's like KFC and McDonald's. <laughs> Seriously, it's the food. <laughs> Uber Eats is still working. <laughs> Maybe you're I healthier miss... than me because you're a nurse. No, I'm not healthy, but I miss actually getting hugs. I never realised oh. how many hugs I got on the regular. And there's I, certain I, women that I'm having to say I need a hug, but I'm not getting. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to come out of this. I'm, I'm going to be the cuddle monster when I come out of this. I just want to <laughs> hug everybody. I, and you get to that point where you're watching television and people like touching each other and you start shaking your fist at the screen. Like, how come you're allowed to touch people? Why aren't I? <laughs> I started a new job, but I wasn't able to shake hands with anybody. Wow. Well, have you been, been doing really that, weird. like, that weird elbow thing? Um, no, no, we're not even getting close that. to each other. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, Liswana, you're, so you're, you're training to be a nurse. Has the, the COVID experience really dramatically changed how you thought things would be? Yes. And I was given the option not to start now. I could start afterwards. But I said this would be the perfect time because it's mayhem. And if I'm going to learn, I might as well learn when it's the worst case scenario so i went in and so yeah. far i'm actually getting more quality time to be taught more yeah. and which i think realistically the wards would be busier there would be a lot more people and they wouldn't be able to focus on me and share their nuggets of information and brilliance so easily Mm -hmm. So are you actually working with COVID-19 patients at the moment? Currently mine are, the way that they're doing it is anyone who comes into the hospital who has to stay is classed as positive until proven negative. Right. And so we have to act like everybody has COVID, which um, it's weird. There's security at the door. There's no, um, you're, no visitors. So patients aren't getting interactions with their family unless they've got mobile phones and Skype and them kind of interactions. But if you are not elderly and you're not used to technology, the only people you're interacting with are your healthcare team. Mm -hmm. And what, what impact does that have on you in terms of working in that scenario? Because I know what a, a touchy-feely, huggy person <laughs> you are to see people like that. I, um, I have learned how to smile with my eyes. Okay. Because you cannot see my face. <laughs> I'm like this all the time. I'm totally covered from there. And if I've got the goggles on, you can't, you can only see my eyes. So I have to literally say to patients, I am actually smiling at you. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Explain everything that I'm doing, which you have to anyway. But with my facial expressions, I'm saying what like, I'm frowning at you now. So it's weird. <laughs> yeah. But I am getting to interact with patients a lot more, but not physically, just verbally. Right. Okay. I think what, 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 one of the things which, which obviously we're seeing when we can watch the news reports about the numbers in the UK, and obviously there's, tragically, there's a hell of a lot of healthcare providers who are amongst those who are becoming infected and really sadly amongst those who are dying. How, how does that affect you and how does that affect the people you're working alongside? What I have seen is... The training that goes from you being normally on a ward as a nurse, you are given the ICT training within hours of going back into a shift. If you were taken to go work on a COVID ward, it's very strict. And the ones that I do know who have gone up there come down and they are like, you appreciate the wards that you were on. You appreciate that this is life and death and you are working on your fellow colleagues so they do know that it's gps it's doctors it's consultants it's other nurses that are up there mm -hmm. and they're having to okay. care for them 
And as, as someone living with HIV yourself, I mean, what would you, I mean, what are your coping strategies in terms of getting through this? Music, um, mm. avoiding my kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can relate <laughs> um and there's a few whatsapp groups that have been started that are just about fun and happiness so mm -hmm. we send different tasks for us to do every day and jokes everything has to be light if anyone tries to post anything negative about covid or anything negative full stop gets shut down Mm -hmm. um, we're all trying to keep each other uplifted and we do Wonderful. Facebook lives so there's dancing <laughs> and music <laughs> and lots of drinking fantastic I, I love it and anyway, lots of the services for people living with HIV have been disrupted at the moment so uh, is there anything out there that you could recommend particularly in the UK with it depends on your um which clinic you're with but you mm -hmm. should be able to get in contact with them or they have contacted you to say what their options are for you. Mm -hmm. um, mine has sent me a text saying, right, if you need anything, we're here. We already had a mobile number that we could contact if there was any issues. Mm -hmm. I know that just before we were going into the lockdown, my borough, my trust had set up a HIV like 111 number. So you could mm -hmm. call if you had any questions like if you were going to ring 111 but it was just solely for hiv that's the belt bart's health trust um yeah i don't know what other um just just get a little plug for a website called uh, uh aids map um that the service <laughs> You may have heard of it. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, but uh, but uh, we we have got the clinic finders now back up again. So we do recommend that if people need clinic services and they want to find out what's happening, do go to the website first, and you'll find the websites for all the clinics in the UK on the AIDS map site. Okay, I hope it's and, up and running again now. I'd be terrible and, uh, for that month. <laughs> and Luana, are there any uh, support groups or anything that you could recommend? All most of the organisations have moved their services to um, online, mm -hmm. so you can have your normal group meetings that they would have monthly. Your support groups you can have online. Um, they're doing mindfulness and yoga and exercise all different things that you would normally be getting from your local organization, HIV organization has been moved to online. So you can still interact. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much for coming on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we, I hope we're going to be able to get Mark back in again and actually be able to hear him. So I'm so we, we sorry about that. I had a last minute technical glitch and I, I don't know why, but I, I can't hear you. Um, <laughs> I, I know what we wanted to talk about, and I can throw it out there if you like. Oh, good. All right. Um, we were going to talk about how people living with HIV are dealing with what is now this, uh, this uh, um, PTSD of remembering a trauma. You know, trauma is cumulative. And long-term survivors like myself, I tested positive in 1985. Um, there's something familiar, obviously, about this, and uh, and much has been read and discussed about how this is affecting those of us living with HIV, especially those of us who were, who were around when something else really, really scary happened. 
And um, the fact is, is uh, we have a lot of skill sets. Uh, we have a lot of um, tools uh, in our toolbox that we use to get through uh, a crisis and to get through trauma. And as good as we may be about that, it doesn't mean that we are not um, triggered by uh, what's going on. Um, there's also been a lot uh, written, including by me, and, and read about how do we compare this to AIDS? Is it fair to compare it to AIDS? Um, are there lessons to be learned? Uh, and, and the fact is, is um, I think that it's good to compare it to AIDS when we were looking at trying to cope or trying to tell the story of what happened to us. There's been more about AIDS written in the last month than has been written in the last year, especially when you look at the plague years, so much more. And that's a good thing because it's uh, important for people to remember and, uh, and to know our story, uh, as long as we're not doing it in this punitive way. You know, when our day, we didn't have, well, although it's easy for me to go there, in our day, we didn't have a billion dollar stimulus package as we just got in the United States. Tens of thousands of people died before my president said the word, right? So I can go there and get caught up in my own resentments over what happened. But the truth is, is that every generation has their stuff. We all go through something. And I would like to think that what I went through in the 80s prepared me to be a more empathetic person, to understand the challenges of others, whether it's COVID or whether it's abuse or whether it's anything else, anything else, you know, we all carry around with us our stuff. And um, I, and and tragedy is not a contest you know there's this isn't a contest between covid and aids or any other uh pandemic or crisis um there's just uh it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a contest at all and um i have to remember my privilege as a white cis gay man i have to remember um that uh, there are people here who are really suffering and while it's easy for me to make jokes and want to show you videos of matthew on twitter working out <laughs> and and revel in the joy i have for life um it's also true that people are suffering and it's a balance it's such a delicate balance to make um so yeah if you want to see me lip sync to tony Tennille, you're welcome to come visit me at myfabulousdisease.com um, but uh, let's also talk about those ways in which we as people, as long-term survivors, can help the world cope with what's going on and do it, do it with grace, do it with empathy. I think that was the message I wanted to yeah. share with you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. And I think it, yeah, it, it was. And I, I think... I I I, I, just, I, 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 cap on what you say. Um, not that you can hear me. Um, <laughs> and I, I think, but I think that one of the parallels which has really struck me uh, between this crisis and, and and AIDS is when we heard people say the lives that will be lost are not the ones that are important to us, and that sickened me then, and it sickens me now because every life is precious. Um, and I really hope that one of the lessons that we have learned from from AIDS is that every life is precious, which is a bit of a downer note. I don't want to end on a downer note. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, um, but 
but yeah, it, it, it was, it's been really, I'm really grateful that we had such a strong lineup of guests who, to, uh, this week to share their insights. Um, and we have some great guests lined up for next week as well. We do indeed. Uh, next week, we have Dazen Dixon from Atlanta. Um, we've got Dr. Tristan Barber, who is actually going to be working at Nightingale Hospital for COVID patients. And we have Kennedy uh, in Kenya from Hapa, Kenya, who's going to be sharing his experiences. So we've got some incredible guests lined up. But I think, sadly, that's all we have time for now. So I would like to say a huge thank you to all of our guests. You've all been absolutely incredible. And thank you so much for bearing with us through this technical like tsunami of everything <laughs> that can go wrong actually going wrong. And I would also like to thank Disruptive Life for all of your support and and putting up with us in our technical ineptitudes thank you so much for joining us this week i really hope you'll come back and join us again next week please do rate and review us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts apple itunes or spotify take care thank of yourselves. you bye, bye. <laughs>